As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello out there, coming to you live from the morass of the Eastern Conference. This is Jurassic Pod, uh, a podcast about the Toronto Raptors. I'm Eric Corrine from The Athletic. With me, as always, uh, from, once again, the Atlantic time zone, (laughs) Holly McKenzie. Holly, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I am also doing okay, which is as well as things can go in uh, (coughs) these days. 2022. Twenty twenty two. I'm doing better because despite what you've put in our rundown here, Uh-oh. I predicted the week right. Uh, hey. You say you you. Hey. I've uh, to quote Holly McCutsey. I've decided my three and zero at home prediction <laughs> is basically right. <laughs> it after is they very much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, but <laughs> I, I was I was actually right. Hashtag actually right. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, the, the Raptors continued their, uh, their winning ways, made it to six game winning streak. By they're, beating, back. Uh, they're back. They're <laughs> back. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're in a weird place where like the wins are giving me cause for concern and the losses are, which is what you meant by your prediction. And the yes, losses yes. are, are like, oh yeah, they might actually be decent. <laughs> they might actually be pretty good. Um, the Raptors beat a, a shell of the Utah Jazz who were missing, I believe, eight of their top nine scorers, uh, some of whom did not make the trip to Canada. Um, and that was Freddie Van Vliet taking over in what was, I, I think we can say, the best single individual performance by any Raptor we've seen this year, scoring 15 straight points. Uh, being generally awesome in the third quarter as the Raptors avoided what was a r- looking like a really bad loss uh, in a win over Utah. Uh, we got the return of Jonas Valanciunas uh, in what was a very close game throughout, I want to say, and, and the Raptors had it up to town and looked to be pulling away and the Pellies kept on pulling back in, but eventually the Raptors... Thanks again to some miraculous shots by Fred Van Vliet, <laughs> including a certified staff fast break 
dribbling back outside the three-point arc to take a three uh, to put the Raptors in the lead for good. Uh, the Raptors won that. And then what honestly I think was one of the best games of the year from just a competitive competitiveness standpoint, uh, lose to the very good Phoenix Suns 99-95, uh, in another game that was pretty much close throughout. Uh, mm-hmm. All in mm-hmm. all, uh, I called it correctly, as I said again. Um, Listen. But, <laughs> but yes, your 3-0 and at home prediction basically being right, I think the only reason that doesn't stand up is because the game against Utah was kind of a moral defeat. And the game against Phoenix was a moral <laughs> victory. Uh, I love the term moral defeat. We, it should be used literally all the... It should be used as much as moral <clears throat> victory because because uh, of just where we are as a society. Um, but yeah, I think uh, as a week, uh, especially considering the Raptors' loss came without Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent, uh, there were more good signs than bad. Uh, so Holly, what's your big takeaway from the basketball that we have seen over the last? My big few takeaway, days? my big takeaway is that my prediction was right. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember when we made them, and you definitely did not think that they were going to win against the Suns. Remember? I did not. Yeah, and and, and, then, they, and then they lost. They... And then I thought that they would, (laughs) and they almost did. And so I think that that just counts, that we both win. We can be like the two Olympians who tied and decided they would share the medal. That's you and me right now. We're going to share. We'll share. We'll just share that we both were correct, right? Um, Well, no. Come on, Eric. Because I I was right and you were wrong. But Eric, Eric, but like we could share it. Just say that you will share. I will acknowledge joy. I will Shared acknowledge joy is better than had, singular joy. I will acknowledge you had some insight into the week and the team and and were not entirely spiritually incorrect with your prediction. I will not acknowledge that you were more correct than I was, who because, That's a shame. only because I was maximally correct. Um that's a shame yeah. for you. We're, we're off to um, a, a very pedantic start. <laughs> I did. Well, I'll, to continue with this, I did want to say when you were mentioning uh, Fred Van Vliet's performance, um, why am I blanking out on the team against Utah? You said it was probably like the best singular Raptors performance of the, of the season. Playoffs aside, have you seen a better in like a better Raptors performance since you've covered the team? A better stretch, like a better run by one player. Playoffs aside, I don't want to talk about playoffs because yeah. that's just you know. I mean, it's hard for me to remember stretches in that way. Like when you talk about individual games, like Kyle Lowry's forty-two point game against Cleveland that against he the Cavs, with like a, a step back over Delavadova, like that. Mm-hmm. That's like way, way up there. Uh, I, I there was know, Demar's. Like, there was Demar's uh, fifty or yeah, yeah. two against Milwaukee 50, and on New Year's like, Day. He's had some unreal stretches and like they've those guys. I don't know if Lowry ever won a Player of the Month. I think Demar might have won a Player of the Month as a Raptor. I'm not. I'm yeah. Not absolutely. Yeah, positive. yeah. So 
I don't want to like get far too ahead of myself and say it is. I, I'd really have to do the research. <laughs> I have to do my own research. I have to do my own research here, Holly. Um, <laughs> there was also the Terrence Ross, uh, Terrence Ross game against the Clippers. Yeah, but that was like the. Best I wasn't there of, for that, that was game. The I was the best out of body experience I've ever seen for sure. So yeah, okay. See, I was I, well, I was in Erie at a Bay at a BayHawks game when that happened yeah, because yeah. I was stranded because of a snowstorm. Um, yeah, so, for me, I mean, I wasn't ahead. there, but I was obviously watching very closely from Nova Scotia, and I was so emotional <laughs> during that performance because it just a few possessions prior, Fred was called. I think it was an out of bounds. I think it was an out of bounds call that went against the Raptors, and you because the, the arena is so quiet, you can hear a lot of what the players are saying on the broadcast. Yeah. And he he was talking to an official, and he was like, "Come on!" And the way he said it, it was so just like he was fed up. Like you could tell he was just like, "I'm done. Like I <laughs> I'm done with the direction that this game is going in." And then he just went insane. He was crazy. It was so incredible to watch, and yeah, I got super emotional watching it because it was just. I'm just very happy yeah. for Fred and everything that his work has resulted in for him. And I think we're getting to a place, not that it matters a lot, but like if you're an all-star voting isn't something I, I want to take a ton of time considering because like we're only voting for five players in each conference and it's obviously, especially on the fan side, uh, more of a popularity contest or, or at least in large part a popularity contest uh, guys, people voting for their favorite players, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if, if, like, you're looking into the people who should be starting this game on merit, I think we're getting close to a point where you can say that Van Vliet should be in the running for that guard spot opposite DeMar DeRozan. Uh, like, oh, I don't think we're getting close, I think we're there. Like, okay, so let's like. like to say Let's, that he's in the running, yeah, of course. I think all, yeah. definitely, and it's so funny because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You had the predict the prediction episode when you asked yeah. me if I thought Fred would be um, on the defensive team and the All Star team, and I said no to both, not because he, they're not deserved, but because I didn't think people would be paying attention to the Raptors because of their record. And now that they've had this like stretch that they've had, and his performances have been so incredible, and the you know, the numbers, the stats have been so mind boggling to look at. I think even if you're not paying a ton of att attention watching every game, even just people like glancing at the stats are going to see those numbers and kind of pay attention. And I thought it was interesting that before the game against the Suns, I think you had tweeted it, that Monty Williams had essentially said oh, like, God, that tweet was the bane of my existence, but continue. <laughs> People, the best. Continue, <laughs> but he had basically said there's no other player that keeps you up at night like like Fred has been because of the run that he's been on and how incredible he's been. That's an all-star. <laughs> like the yeah, player I think that unquestionably, like he deserves to be on the all-star team. Uh mm -hmm. he he's put himself clearly above that those guys like battling for the last Is he gonna spot. make it though? Do you think he will be on the all-star yeah, team? Yeah, I think he will Good. make it. Good. Uh, Me I think too. I think, I mean, there are, I believe, two weeks and change till the coaches mm -hmm. announce the reserves. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's possible the Raptors 
go on a huge losing streak and Van Vliet gets injured and like don't say that. That oh, I'm just I'm just that. like I'm just like trying to lay out the case that he doesn't. Like it would have to be something like that, or or Van Vliet goes on like a terrible streak of performances where all of us and, and like the Hornets no. get hot and Boston gets hot and then all of a sudden no. you're like why? But <laughs> right now I would say I would make it. I'd say like 80, eh, 90, 10 that Van Vliet ends up making. But the question I was asking you, Holly, sorry, is not whether sorry. he's going to make the all-star team. It's whether, based on merit, he should have He should be in the conversation spot. is what you said. You didn't say should he yeah. be starting okay. again. Or so let, you let said me, in the conversation. Let so me quickly in the conversation, run down some of the candidates. Um, <laughs> yes. We got Trey Young, whose team is bad, but who himself is an offensive engine unto himself uh we've got drew holiday we've got james harden uh we've got lamello ball am i missing anybody else obvious zach levine if you can i think he's listed as a front court player but i feel I like he is too it's it's really weird how yeah like, i know they, the bulls are just weird obviously because like like by size, Demar and and Levine are their three and four. I think they're they're forwards, but by position, like Demar is essentially their point guard mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. or their offensive point guard, and 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 Levine is you know pretty close to a shooting guard. Any whom, am I missing anybody obvious in the East other than those guys? Um, I didn't, I kind of blanked out, I have to admit that. Miami, not really, uh, because Butler's a forward. Miami, Milwaukee, Uh, Philadelphia. There's Darius Garland, but he's, I don't think, is in the conversation. Bradley Beal isn't in the conversation. Jalen Brown isn't in, like, I'm I love the term in the conversation, because it's come to mean so much more than just being in uh, the conversation. It's like on the, it's at the same level of, the, NFL the MVP is yeah. he elite? Is he an elite quarterback? Like, good. This this word means nothing. Let's just, <laughs> uh, so I, I really do think it comes down to young. If we're just doing it on merit, it's young yeah. Van Vliet, Holiday, Harden. Uh, I, I'm putting DeRozan in one of those spots, and yeah. and let's not count Levine because I think he is listed as a front court player. Would you have him as number one? And I, I mean, he's in the conversation, in the conversation. But would you have him as number one right now of those players? I think I would, but also I think I'm biased here. So well, I mean, that's why you're Raptors podcast. But your your opinion's better at being more reasonable. Where, where do you, <laughs> my opinion do you think? is better. I don't think my opinion. Is, <laughs> no, not uh, your opinion, but like your brain. Your brain yeah. is better, and you also know when it comes to Fred that I'm bad at at yeah. At, I think, I think I'd lean Trey Young right now. I feel like too for the just the star power, and he's an amazing yeah, player. Like, and, like, uh, and, and I feel like I when do, a player's when a player's already been an all star, like you know what I mean, people kind of expect yeah, to see and them like, there I again. Do, I do find a like all star and most valuable players aren't the same as me uh, to me. I should say, like, <laughs> they're like, not the same as you. You're not an all star or a I, most I valuable am both. player. I am both. Um, <laughs> like, you're sort of with all stars. I'm just trying to get like the five best performances out mm-hmm. there, which aren't exactly mm-hmm. the same thing as most valuable. Like, like what Trey Young does for an offense on a night to night basis is incredible. And if he played with 
you know, if DeAndre Hunter were healthy and if Clint Capella right, were right, really right, go right. there, like, I, I think the defense would look a lot better and this isn't a conversation. Um, like, he's so undeniably good and talented that yeah. had if he was given, like, a level playing field of talent around him, barring injuries, yeah. et cetera, you would expect, you would say, of course, he's going to be there. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. And with Van Vliet, like, yes, the Raptors fall off the board when he's not on the floor, but A, that's more of a value consideration for me than than a pure, like, greatness consideration, just because the Raptors lack depth. We, we've seen it. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's more about who the Raptors don't have behind him uh, rather than him, even though, you know, he's obviously been great this year. And when I do my report card at the midseason, he's going to get an A, spoiler alert. Um, a or A plus? Uh, the A plus has been, I think I, I've only given one A plus and it was to Kyle Lowry once. So Yeah, I remember uh, this. I, I try to be as stingy as possible with that. I like, I have been thinking about that. So it's more between A and A plus rather than I a think he a needs minus. to get the plus. Come on, Eric. Yeah, Look at what just, we've seen. You just, you just admitted to your own bias. Um, also, you realize you're asking me in this little scenario to impartially decide against a situation that could give me DeMar DeRozan <laughs> and Fred Van Vliet together again at the All-Star game in the backcourt. Like, I mean, come on. Yeah. What are we doing? Anyway, of course, that's what it yeah, should be. That'd be great. That's, that's the literal dream for you. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, it's not going to happen. He's too far down in the fan vote, which is 50% of the uh, what determines the starters. So unless things change dramatically in that way, even if the media and players are all aboard the Fred Van Vliet train, which I do not believe will happen to the extent Global Ambassador, necessary. get your tweets out. Yeah, where, where is that guy? Uh, not at know. Raptors games, but that's just... I mean, okay, good, no one is at Raptors games. a good Canadian. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So oh, I from, need to mention, before we go yeah, forward, go I'm sorry I'm interrupting you. I didn't put this on the rundown. We need to talk about, or we don't need to talk about, but I need to ask from your perspective in the arena, uh, Booker's beef with the Raptor. I didn't even Did notice you, it in real time. Oh, I, that's I'm so disappointing. I was really hoping you would have good insight. <laughs> yeah, no, I, unfortunately, like it was the end of the game. Like at that point, it was a free shooting contest. Yeah. So I was like trying to get as much organized for post-game writing as possible. That's you fair. know how it goes. I was fairly confident Devin Booker was going to make those free throws. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to say the Suns starting five is the best. I don't even know if the best is the right word, but it just, it's such a satisfying old school, mm -hmm. not even mm -hmm. old school. Like it's just like a sensible, such a sensible starting five that makes, that it's just logically pure. <laughs> like, I, I, I love the way they move the ball. Like, when they run a, a mm -hmm. Paul eight and pick and roll, like, everything... Like, you can just see the defense getting... Not knowing whether to collapse onto Aiton or to stay connected to Crowder and Bridges. Like, the difference between Van Vliet and Siakam trying to operate with, you know, Chris Boucher, who's been great, by the way, and, you know, Kem Birch or, or whoever the fifth guy was out there on the weak side or and and Paul doing it with you know the option to give it to Booker to ISO 
or the picture, the option to dump it off to Aiton or with Crowder and Bridges uh, in the shooting positions. That's just a perfectly constructed starting unit. Uh, and that, and, uh, and that in a way gets back to how you were right, that the Raptors missing two of their guys were able to hang so close with that team is really a huge credit to them. What was that? You said that I was right. Eric, let's just share the the award, the uh, award that I've created in my head. Yeah, maybe if it, if the Winter Olympics had started, I could get behind that, but but not yet. Um, all right, so Fred Van Vliet will make the All-Star team unless something weird happens. I believe you have until February 22nd to vote for him. Uh, at least that's when my media vote is due, so I'm going to assume that's when the fan vote is due. Um and you know, sure, I'll let you guys know who I vote for. Um, when after after that, that seems reasonable. That is reasonable, but this isn't the reasonableists. Sorry, no, uh, rip reasonableists. Um, Pascal Siakam remains good, remains good at basketball over yeah, the last, he's... last fifteen games. Uh, he is averaging twenty three point one, nine point four, seven point four. On forty-eight percent shooting, yeah. free throw free throw shooting is down, uh, and the Raptors kind of lost that game on the free throw line last night or Tuesday night. But now you have here Pascal Pascal All Star. Uh, I think that extra spot is going to a guard, but yeah, let's make the case. Why don't we make the case? Do you want to make the case? He's been incredible. And I think that people keep looking at, we talked about this last week, so I don't know why I'm repeating myself, but his assists, they just keep going up. He just keeps finding ways to find his teammates and create offense for them. And I just think he's been really, really good, like all around great for them through this Uh, stretch. And it's good to see. Yeah, I said 9.4 and 7.4. That was wrong. 9.4 rebounds. And 5.4 assists. So not Mm -hmm. quite as ridiculous as I made it sound. I was looking at the defensive rebound category instead of the assist category. Oh, that'll get ya. Gets ya every time. (laughs) Half of the time, every time. Um, He did, but I will say against the the Suns, he did finish uh, with 22-7-7 and then also three assists. He was really good in that game. Yeah, guy's talented. Uh, as I tweeted, somebody should come up with a nickname for him based on his skill set. Uh, that's a pretty he, fun. That's a pretty funny tweet. Yeah, uh, this is so 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 good that I am repeating it verbally. <laughs> uh, also, I think something lost here is I kind of think over the last few weeks he's been the best, def- at least front court defender on the defender. team. Yeah. yeah, like I, I think the Raptors need OG Ananobi to get back to that level. Uh, and I think like Ananobi's been really good and we don't, we haven't talked about it much lately because he just like, he's kind of the guy sacrificing those looks, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, he's mm-hmm. Uh, not, not, so, not even from a shot quantity perspective, although he's like clearly third in that, in that pecking order behind Van Vliet and Siakam, but, but just shot type, like there's just not as much on on his shoulders from a creation standpoint and from, you know, a, pi- a post-up or isolation standpoint. And I, I think the great thing about his season is, is we saw him making strides in those bigger areas before Pascal Siakam came back. 
and we saw him and we've seen him pretty much keep the efficiency up as he's taken as as he's been the guy who has sacrificed those those looks maybe as as much as anybody not named Scotty Barnes uh, <laughs> for well, since Siakam has come back and since he's returned to full health. So, like, there's not much to say other than OG Ananobi is really good, and if he had a slightly bigger role, he'd probably be in the same sort of space that Siakam is in terms of the All-Star conversation, which I interrupted you from uh, fully answering, I think. No, I think I don't think you interrupted. I think you just gave your answer. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, speak, speaking about speaking about frontcourt defenders, though, that kind of led me into Scotty, uh, to just talking about Scotty, who didn't play against the Suns, and then he also missed... What was the last game that he missed? No, Scotty Cl- didn't... Scotty the missed Clippers? the first game back it- after... Uh, yeah, I think it was the Clippers game now. I feel like- he returned on the Sunday, and the Friday was New Year's Eve, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I guess that was a little bit further back than it feels like in my brain. That feels like that was only a week ago and not, um, almost two weeks. So, yeah. So two games in what? 10 six days? Or seven. Yeah. Six or seven games. Uh, I think both due games. to a knee and knee tendonitis. Knee tendonitis. They're now calling it knee soreness. Knee it's, soreness. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a great, I love the ever evolving, yeah. um, injury, injury titles that yeah. we get. Will it be tendonitis? Will it be swelling? Will it be soreness? Uh, <laughs> are they interchangeable? Does anything a mean contusion? anything? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. What? God. What? What are your? <laughs> Nothing means anything. That's what we've learned yeah. uh, in and out of basketball. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Are you concerned at all about it? And does the team seem to be concerned? It was a bummer to not see him out there against the, I mean, it's always, it's a bummer to not see Scotty because he's such a delight uh, to see on the court. But yeah. I mean, it's, I'm a bit concerned. The the Raptors aren't expressing much concern uh, out loud, but whenever a guy misses time over like a few games, even if they're separated for the same reason over the span of time, you're left wondering what's going to be the thing that mm-hmm. solves that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, not unlike the Ken Birch situation where he missed time with knee swelling. It was sort of unexplained knee swelling, like testing didn't reveal any injury, but he was out for three games, I believe. He came back and then he was out for a month. And like, yeah. I'm not saying... Like six weeks, yeah. I'm not saying that's what I expect to happen for Scotty Barnes, but... I mean, he's a 20-year-old foundation for your player, for your team, who, like, kind of low-key has a strange gate to his running, uh, which, you know, is, is n- sort of natural for a 20-year-old, probably, <laughs> I- I'm sure. You remember Jonas Valanciunas was his running coach? Maybe I maybe, do. In, maybe they'll in hire that Oregon, guy. right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, yeah, no, I, I do think, remember I don't that. think that was a smash hit. Uh, so maybe they'll find a new guy not to besmirch <laughs> the Oregon running coach. Um, but, like, I think it's something you obviously, 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 obviously want to be super cautious with. Um, it's just when... Do you think it in- could just be, like, that he is tired and feeling the length of the season and is a little sore. So because they're being so cautious, it's like, oh, let's just 
Russ? I don't know. I, I hate to speculate on this stuff because we yeah, know, there's, I more, know. there's more information behind the scenes than, than we know. Uh, I was surprised know. is what I'll say. And obviously I hope he is just fine and just needed a little break. Yeah. With that in mind, what what is your, what have you made of, of Scotty with the, uh, let's just say the big three all playing? Because yeah, he's, he's uh, certainly taken a backseat from a scoring perspective. That's what uh, I was, yeah. I definitely think he, and again, maybe this is a result of, fatigue from the season or something like a knee issue. I I, I don't want to speak to that because like you said, we don't know, but I definitely think what we, what we do know is that he, he's been trying to sort of figure out where he fits within that role. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like since, since Pascal has been back and since everyone is together, I think that he's trying to feel out where, like what his role is and where he like where he should be getting his shots and getting his like does that make sense yeah for sure and i mean i think it's a huge compliment when you realize he's averaging what he's averaging and Mm -hmm. i I don't have like the the stats in front of me for the last few games but like he does so much of it you know in transition or you know as second chance opportunities that just bodes well for you know even when when his role has in, has increased and he's having an off night shooting or, right. or as the lead lead creator or whatever, assuming we get there, like he'll still be able to find ways to contribute, you know, much that that's sort of similar to the conversation we've had in the past about Pascal Siakam, who, you know, when he's when he's at his let's I don't want to say worst, but when he's not playing to his mm-hmm. level, the concern is almost like, where is this defense? Where is Mm-hmm. Where are these transition buckets? Where are these second chance buckets? And, and like, given Barnes' general motor and demeanor, like, I think those should be. I mean, there are natural ebbs and flows throughout a season, but I think those should be near constant for him. Uh, as I've, I think I've said it on this podcast, uh, especially with the way the Raptors have been starting when healthy. I'd love to see him as the screener in more mm-hmm. in more actions. Like they, understandably, they've gone to Van Vliet Siakam actions mm-hmm. late in game because those are your two best on the move creators right now and Van Vliet's shooting just gives them so much gravity uh and creates so much space on the floor for everybody else to drive but you know Siakam's just a bit more reliable from the outside than than Scotty Barnes right now and, and Barnes passing is so good that that I'd love to find another way to get him involved with that aspect uh, of his game rather than just sort of the Mark Gasol give it to him at the top of the key uh, type thing, which I'd also like to see more of. Uh, but that's more when Van Vliet's off the court. Um, on the court, I'd love to see him setting more screens for uh, for Fred Van Vliet or Pascal Siakam, if you want to talk about a monstrous <laughs> screen and roll type look. Um, you mentioned like taking a step back. <clears throat> for Scotty. Do you notice that? Like we had talked before about how Nick had really said, like, I want you to take the shots. I want you to take the threes. Like he wanted more Scotty. And I felt like he was doing that, you know, like he was starting to become comfortable with not second guessing those things and just taking the shots and, you know, looking for himself and, and being aggressive. Um, I do feel like there's been a shift in recent weeks as Pascal's come back. And I think that's probably normal as he's trying to like feel out where he fits. Um, I guess, do you see that? And do you think 
that the team anticipated that happening? Or do you think that people would like to see him be aggressive I think that there's, there's something, there's, it's like in the middle, right? Like, mm-hmm. it makes total sense that it happened. Yeah. And yet, you would like to see him find more ways to get involved in the half-court offense. Like, that. that's... Because if he's just... Like, he is a part, I think we can agree, of the Raptors' best five-man unit m- most nights. Um... But if he's relegated to a guy standing in the corner Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or, you know, making the occasional cut, I'm not sure that's going to do a ton for them. Uh, Right. Well, he can do so much even when he is only doing those little things that it's like, let's get him involved. Yeah. Yeah, But but think think about the Suns game, right? Like, yeah, you you need another yeah, for sure. Like, whether it's shooting, and that's what I wrote about after the Suns game, is, like, if the Raptors are going to upgrade somewhere, like, it's mm-hmm. it's probably that, you know, wing, that depth wing position, uh, giving you somebody who can stand in the corner and make shots. Um, mm-hmm. Those guys are obviously hard to come by. But, you know, even so, it's it's hard to imagine the guy who, who supplants... Scotty Barnes from the the final five most nights. Oh, that's and, not and happening. So, yeah, and so like, yeah. let's get him more involved than just that. Saying that, but it is normal, just right? That, like, I'd... yeah, just that is is fine, and he'll figure it out if he is healthy enough to do so. So let's hope. I think, he's yeah, I guess the way so. I, I guess the reason I was bringing this up is because I do feel like a lot of people seem to be a lot I say people meaning fans like people watching the team seem to be kind of worried about the fact that he hasn't been as aggressive or just you know that like you said he's taken a bit of a step back but I think that that's totally normal like I guess that's what I was looking for is for you to agree with me yeah, and no, say we're that all just it makes for sense validation Holly um yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I don't yeah I don't think that I don't think that is the thing to be worried about with Scotty I'm not really worried about any sort of injury thing right now although listening to you makes me sort of worry a little bit so thank you for that but uh that's, that's what I'm good for <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that it's to be expected that a rookie uh, trying to get used to playing with different lineups, especially with like another all-star in or a former all-star, probably current all-star, maybe current all-star in Pascal Siakam, uh, that he kind of is deferring a bit to figure out where he fits. I think that's normal and makes sense. And hopefully we he gets to be back on the court again to work through that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yeah, Gary Trent also missed the last two games. I, I don't think it's like 
wildly controversial after the Raptors, non Van Vliet and Ananobi players combined to shoot like oh for a million right. from three to say his absence has been felt maybe more than Scotty Barnes at this point. Oh, it definitely, uh, yeah. yeah. Especially especially uh, against the Suns. Like you yeah, really, like, really saw it in that game. Yeah, and the the Raptors I mean, you just looked at what the Suns were mm-hmm. doing to Van Vliet, like both pressuring him when he was inside or outside the arc and making it like, he, uh, you know, against the Pelicans, he got 17 threes off against the Suns. He got nine off like and, and mm-hmm. there's I mean, obviously, that's just the sign of a way better team with a way better. I don't want to say way better game plan, but, uh, you know, certainly the ability to carry out a game plan uh, a lot better. And, and Trent would, you know, the, at, at the best of times, let's say this is a team that needs that that is lacking for half court space uh in the offense and Trent beyond Van Vliet Trent is the biggest reason why so uh yeah hopefully he gets well soon uh Nick Nurse said he was basically shocked when he didn't play against the Pelicans he said he looked Mm. fresh as a daisy um, in his warm I would like to look fresh as a daisy. I would like to feel fresh for, as a daisy. For once in my life, <laughs> I would like to feel that. Um, yeah, they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna need those guys. This is a tough stretch yeah. coming up. Um, but also, get, sorry, go on. Before we move on from Gary, what a poncho he was wearing on the bench last night. Loved it. Yeah. Um, Big poncho did, fan over here. Did I tell you my wife sent me the link for for it? Um, oh yeah that's an expensive poncho yeah um i believe it was 1850 dollars oh i actually thought it would be more than that actually i'm surprised uh uh, yeah it would be cool to be an nba player the black version of it is Um, i would have preferred the black version for myself i'm a big poncho fan i don't know if you know that about me like the one that my wife sent me uh what is in the women's section uh, which isn't like Gary pulled it off. Um, was that a hint? Was she saying, "Hey, Eric, this, this is what I would like"? No, um, for herself. Was was that a hint for for I, what not, you should buy? I, her? I think she would have me killed <laughs> if I bought that for her. Same. Um, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that. But I'm not an NBA player. Being an NBA player seems pretty awesome. I would like to buy a two thousand dollar poncho. Yeah. But yes, over the pandemic, I've become a very big fan of ponchos. They're very yeah. cozy and. If you'd like to look it up, it's the Mantella Down Hood logo jacquard wool cape from Nordstrom. And as my friend Steve said, when does it come to Nordstrom Rack? Um, <laughs> anyway, Gary Trent looked like uh, I'm watching Watchmen right now. He looked like he belonged in, in Watchmen, uh, last night, like with the mask and the, and like the hoodie cape, uh, he very much looked like he could fit in that setting. Um, I haven't watched that, but I've heard that it's incredible. Um, uh, yeah, let's go to quickly before we get to some reader questions. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, yes. I'd love to talk about I was going to go talk about forever. TV. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like we've done that enough lately. Uh, I know. Listen, if that's t- if because you don't want a Marvel show, a Marvel episode. Yeah, no, our, our substitute producer, Dave DeFore, uh, encouraged us to do that last week. So it is something, maybe the off-season content uh, we, can, <laughs> we can talk about. Uh, no, so, before we switch, where are you oh with the God. leftovers? Uh, so I'm done season two. And Are you taking I'm a break? taking a break between season two and season three, as recommended by the unreasonablest Ryan Wolstat. 
Um, and, and I love you know, the sigh. I love the very loud sigh you made when I brought you back to TV. There wasn't even you didn't even attempt to hide your annoyance with me. No, I'm just, just you know I'm getting worried. <laughs> like I have uh, I have the the length of time this podcast is going up here, and and you know there's, there's well let's move it anxiety. on. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, the the ending of there were after you quit the leftovers. Let's say there were a few banger episodes um i'm not gonna say it like i'm not gonna tell you to to rewatch i I don't think it's a show for you you're gonna talk Um, about the one where he's like the the agent at the hotel that wasn't even my favorite that was uh uh, ryan wolstadt's favorite but there there is in the sixth episode 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 there was an extended scene with uh carrie coon and uh regina king that is just you know, television acting at its best. Two heavyweights. Uh, they are they are great uh, and very satisfying conclusion to the season. As I would say, was the same in season one. Um, but uh, no need to further uh, get on this tangent because we're already well down the road of it. Uh, so <laughs> as I mentioned last night, if the Raptors are looking on theathletic.com, subscribe. Yay. Uh, we'll soon be, as, as people know, uh, the New York Times is in the product, the process of purchasing the athletic. That sale still has to go through, but uh, I welcome my new corporate over- overlords uh, enthusiastically. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can still subscribe to The Athletic. You should do it uh, and support good journalism in in now multiple ways you can do that as i wrote there uh if the raptors are going to improve uh, a natural place would be with wing depth and mm-hmm. i and the three guys who got a shot last night yuta watanabe who nice to see him back from health and safety protocols safe to say that was not his best game uh svi mikhailuk uh who i'll just wrap up his game by saying one of the questions we got for uh, my Twitter call out for questions was why Svi? Um, oh, that's not nice. <laughs> it was not nice, but it's kind of funny. Uh, oh. And Justin Champagne, Champagne, who had five rebounds in 10 minutes, all of which were offensive mm-hmm. rebounds as the Raptors mm-hmm. grabbed 22 offensive rebounds against the Suns almost making up for the fact that they shot 22% from three-point range and 60% from the free-throw line, but not quite. Um, and after the game, Nick Nurse said he is knocking on the door of, of regular rotation minutes. The what door do about, is, do doesn't exist that? anymore. The door's down. The door's open. The door's gone. Champagne uh, is in the living room. He's there. He has joined the party. Yeah, it's much like it's comparable to Delano Batten early in the season where like what he's doing every time he's out there is even if it's not something that the Raptors need the most of, like like the Raptors need a guy who can hit three threes, you know, who can come in. But like that guy doesn't exist on this roster. It's positive. He's adding a positive impact every time he's in the game. And you kind of joked, jokingly tweeted it last night. I think it was your tweet. I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not giving giving you credit for someone else's, but it was kind of that like the Raptors' offense at this point was basically just yeah, getting no, offensive fine. rebounds. Yeah, okay, and yeah, I mean we've talked before about how Champagne just has this incredible ability to be in the right place or to find, um, you know, find an offensive rebound. But yeah, he just makes things happen and he plays super hard and 
He was really good. I mean, it felt to me looking, hearing you say that it was only 10 minutes. I'm actually surprised because it felt like he played more than that. Maybe that's just because he's his impact was so much more than the other two players you mentioned <laughs> in last night's game, at least. But yeah, like I would have kept him in there in the fourth. There was a, uh, there was a. Yeah, I, was I a, think the reason you couldn't is because of Aiton. Pretty much. Like, I mean, I get it, but yeah. But I, I also probably would have would have just continued running with Pascal when he had five fouls. I think I probably would have just. I'm usually, but that's usually my take with that is if you're in a close game and your player and your star player has five fouls, you kind of just uh, roll the dice. Well, they uh, to, to, review, to quote to 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 bring it back to Fred Van Vliet's bet on yourself. Yeah, I would have just rolled he, the dice. The Raptors were up six when Van Vliet fouled Mm -hmm. Landry Shamit, I believe, on a three-point attempt. Uh, Mm -hmm. For the people that asked, Nick Nurse had already used his challenge successfully, I may add. uh, I think also on a three-point shot. Um, uh, That, so the... he couldn't He couldn't challenge. I think so. I'm not positive. Maybe not. Uh, I think Devin Booker had extended his legs, but I I can't... And it was on OG, I think, but I can't remember if it was a three or a two. Uh, you would have loved. I don't want to hammer yeah. Nurse for like because he he won and he got likely points off the board, so that's not a small thing. But you know, if you knew now what what, or if you knew then what you know now, uh, you would have kept that challenge on the board. That's not the way this works. Um, yeah, I think it's silly to to yeah. criticize coaches so, for using challenges. I, They're I there mean, to use if you see an opportunity. Yeah, sometimes it's not. Like some like there is such a thing as leverage, and if like it's a low, but but very rarely is it like obviously obviously wrong. I think you know, erring on the side of waiting to use it in the fourth quarter is probably the right move more often than not. Anyway, again another ten. <laughs> um, but Siakam was uh, the Raptors were up six with about nine minutes mm-hmm. left, I think, when he went out. So I do understand them taking him out at that point. Like maybe I would have brought him back a minute earlier than than they did. It just turned uh, really quick, and you could feel turning. it turning. And then it was like, uh oh, the Suns. And also to start the podcast, you you referenced you referred to the Suns as a a good Suns team. They're the best team in the NBA right now. So best record in the NBA. They are. So thirty one and yeah. nine. One game ahead you of Golden State. They're really good. Um but yeah, Champagne, really good. I think, you know I, I'm I still have high hopes for Utah. Uh, but he just uh, even before he went out with protocols, his play has waned a bit. Uh, so I think those two guys are right there for those minutes. For me right now, I I personally don't need to see a lot of Svi Mikhailuk in the next little bit uh, if things remain the same. But I get it too. Like he he does give you a bit more o- offensive punch in terms of creation. Uh, the three point shot, however, exists more in in theory than in than in practice. Speaking um, of the bench, though, Chris Boucher. Yeah, um, he. I, I think we've talked about him the last few weeks, but oh God, I, I just continue to be really impressed by what he's managed to do in what isn't, like, like it's becoming a role for him, 
but like wasn't like the traditional Chris Boucher role necessarily, yeah. certainly not based on last year. And he's like made it his own. It's sort of mm-hmm. the activity he's, or, or the the degree to which he has created this role for himself and mm-hmm. grabbed this mm-hmm. role is what's really, what makes me optimistic about what's going on here. And he's talked to the media about this too. Like on multiple occasions, he's talked about how he's gone back to film and he's watched film both from this year and also last year to see what it, what, like what he was missing. And he, you know, he realized he was so focused on the three point shooting and that wasn't really working for him this year. And things, you know, things have changed and he decided to get back to cutting to the basket and being playing inside and just like doing going back to the player he was, I guess, before he kind of had a really successful stretch um, playing, you know, shooting from three in the bubble. No, not the bubble. Tampa. Yeah. Last season. Yeah. And he was really open and honest about wanting to figure it out. And like he said, I'm going to figure it out. I'm putting the work in. Um, Like, I know that I'm a better player than what I've been showing. And it's paid off. He has figured it out. He has created a role for himself. And we've talked before about how Chris seems to be one of those guys who plays better. He functions better when he knows the amount of minutes he's going to get. And he has like a solidified role. Nothing this season is going to be ideal for <laughs> most players for considering yes. any, yeah, for anybody, but especially on the Raptors team where there's fans one night, fans one night in Milwaukee, you have 20,000 fans in Toronto. You're not having fans. The lineups are changing injuries, protocols, blah, blah, blah. But I think that he was really honest and really did look in the mirror as people like to say. And yeah, he didn't really make excuses and he didn't like blame other people or talk about it. He just figured it out. And I think that that's really awesome for him and also commendable that he did that uh yeah for sure um it, it he had 13 points 16 rebounds yeah, and three blocks against the rebounds. yeah it yeah. makes it a very interesting conversation around the trade deadline uh mm-hmm. because he does have an expiring contract and the and the raptors do have that need for more shooting i do i still do wonder if there's like a need for need trade out there um i haven't done quite enough research to say yes or no uh but if he stays here it is good to know that he is now finding a way to to uh Mm -hmm. get Mm -hmm. in where he fits in to uh use an old phrase is that the phrase maybe uh very old phrase uh let's get some uh twitter questions steven hausen jan i hope i'm pronouncing that name right hausen jan House and Jan. Uh, who is the current member of the Raptors bench you see as most likely to become a starter quality player on the Raptors or another team? Ooh. I know. Good question. That's a great question. Um, uh, yeah. Let's, I don't uh, know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you're definitely uh, just putting this off to me as, as I... Although last week you kept hitting me with every viewer viewer not viewer every twitter question and i did i did make it a point to be like i need to split this up because i felt like i was constantly yeah is it crazy well i think precious achua is probably the answer Mm -hmm. um i i just think he does a lot of things really well and if he can refine 
the things that he does not. Uh, I think that's the shortest, it's the shortest path for, for him from where he is now. I mean, he's already started some games for the Raptors this year um, to like the ideal role for him. Uh, because the ideal role for him, as much as the Raptors talk about wanting him to be another guy who can, you know, mm-hmm. get a rebound and go and, and all that, like the you know screen and screen and dive play, like stat center, like you can see that. So I think the answer is probably Achua. What's your hard answer? Is your hard answer the same as mine? If it's Justin Champagne, it is. Oh, wow. No, but I love that. I love that. (laughs) My heart answer is Delano Banton. I would Uh, love nothing more than for in a few years time to see Delano being like a rotation starter. How cool would that be? It would be. And I did think about him. Uh, I just. He doesn't quite have enough of the other like Champagne. He's but like, we're not talking uh, so about today, right? No, I know, or but he's like, but today? it's most likely to become a starter. So even though you're not talking about today, you do have to consider what you already know he can do. And because I think Champagne is already a average yeah, to yeah, plus yeah. defender, and because you know he's such a plus rebounding, it's really, can the guy hit a three? And that's a big thing. And he can and he will. I um, I have such I have such confidence in in the desire that Champagne has to be on the floor. Like you really see that when he's out there. He wants to be there. And then thinking about that game where his game winner was waved off and he talked I loved when he said like man that hurt. Like he was so honest talking about that that he's just like a great story and this would be a great story for him. So I also love that answer. That's my like second hard answer. Yeah. We agree. Fred Van Vliet, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he gave him like the full undrafted free agent blessing last night uh post game oh uh, oh i didn't see that yeah uh go back and watch van vliet's press conference but it was uh without without like saying what he was what that was it that was essentially what i took from it it's like yeah the fred van vliet uh bet on yourself not of approval uh that's for, awesome for justin champagne who van vliet has obviously gravitated to um Let's let's end here. Just uh, that's it just, for the just, questions. No, 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 no. One more question. Let's let's. Oh. Well, we'll end with this one, not as a final answer, but just as a sort of check in on how we're feeling about things. Comes from Joe Timms. How far do you see the Raptors going this season, assuming the starting five can stay healthy? Mm. Um, you know, when I started the before the season started, I predicted that the Raptors would finish sixth and as high as fifth and a lot of people told me that that was silly (laughs) a lot of people did not agree and then for a while there I also thought maybe I had lost it because it did not look like it did not look like my um what I had envisioned for this team was going to come through or happen but then we had this little stretch of the past seven games and suddenly I know, I know you say there's a lot of injuries and playing undermanned opponents and that's 
Very true. But the Raptors also were the other team on the opposite side of that as well this season. So I yeah. think that evens out a little bit. Not, not um, for as I'm long, so- I'll say, but they did have Pascal Siakam out for the first 10 games, which obviously makes a difference. I feel pretty pretty happy right now. <laughs> like I feel pretty good. So where do I think they're gonna gonna go or end up? I'm gonna stick with what I said when the season started. And I and last week we talked about this and I said that I thought that they would be in the play in tournament and would make it to the playoffs that way. I think now I think that they may not be in the play in tournament. And well no, they will be in the play in tournament, right? That's how that was. Yeah. No, they will make it. I introduced this uh, podcast by saying we were coming to you live from the uh, morass of the Eastern Conference. And that is because (laughs) seeds uh, three through 11 are separated by. Why am I doing that? Seeds two through 11 are separated by six games. Yeah, uh, it's pretty crazy. And like Cleveland is in the last. uh, We're recording this on Tuesday or Wednesday. Cleveland is in the last, in the sixth seed, I should say. They're 23 and 18, and then the records go 22 and 19, 20 and 18, that's the Raptors, 21 and 20, 20 and 21, 20 and 21. So... Yeah, so I think the Raptors will end up probably in that sixth spot, which I didn't think, you know, a couple weeks ago. And also, obviously, Cleveland had, you know, a really bad injury that they're having to deal with. Two Two bad bad injuries that they've had to uh, deal with. The the Rubio one is huge, yeah. Which is awful, obviously. Um, but I do think that I could see the Raptors yeah. moving into that sixth spot. I, I would say, so I started the season saying they'd lose in the play-in. Um, mm-hmm. I would you say, said that last week, right? Probably. I would say yeah. this, lot, this little stretch, like you, has me nudging up a bit. I, I think they will still fall in the play-in tournament, but I'd predict them really? to escape it and losing in the first round. Uh, with an absolute ceiling of, of like an upset based on you know circumstances, and then mm-hmm. in the second round, uh, mm-hmm. and that's why I know we'll get lots of trade questions. Like I think when keeping it, when thinking about big picture, you mm-hmm. really have to be sure a guy's going to be around for a while before you start yeah. talking about trading a draft, a first round draft pick this t- with this team because for they're, sure. they're going to need those productive pieces on rookie contracts in order to keep this thing going. And, and even if they do decide to break up the core at some point, uh, I th- I think with a team that has that ceiling, unless like, you know, so many things break right that, you know, you can't even predict them at this stage, mm-hmm. uh, you've really got to err on the side of caution, especially when, you know, you're your franchise or not your franchise player but one of your most important players is is 20 and <laughs> and all of your you know your four most important players still have a lot of very or should have a lot of very good years ahead of them so I, i'm not rushing this isn't a team that should be all in win now or even like mostly in win now if they can do a need for need trade or if they can you know trade some seconds for something uh, that that helps them. Uh, I'd be into that, but beyond that, it, it would have to take like a really really good piece. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. We kind of talked about this last week. Uh, there was a question kind of similar yeah. to this, and yeah, I think whatever where, whatever the Raptors do end up doing this year, or where they finish, or how far they go, all of that is like a bonus in a way. Like it's kind of just wait and see what we have. I don't think it's gonna be 
let's make a move to try to make this season whatever. You Saying know? that, give me some playoff games in front of a packed crowd in Toronto, baby. Give me it. Come attach on, it, people. Attach it to my veins. <laughs> I need it. Uh, the Raptors have a five-game road trip coming up Friday in Detroit for another Dwayne Casey revenge game. Uh, back to also, back that from- game is that game is coming after the Bulls opened the third quarter against the Pistons last night on a 17-0 run. So, yikes, guys! In the words of uh, Fred Katz. Um, at Milwaukee, <laughs> presumably with Giannis Antetokounmpo, but who knows? Uh, and then uh, a trip that I am no longer going on. Uh, at Miami on Monday, we'll probably talk to you after that game, uh, and then in Dallas and Washington to finish mm-hmm. that trip up. Do you want to do all five games, all three, or just three games? Ooh, what do you want? Uh, let's do all five. Okay, so you first. I'm gonna play at quasi chalk and go win in Detroit, losses in Milwaukee, Miami, Dallas, and win in Washington. Uh, but. I don't feel good about any of those, <laughs> mostly because of the Detroit baggage. <laughs> but uh, uh, this is like, like I, I I had a tweet that people yelled at me about about last night's game, really telling you a lot about where the Raptors were at compared to their win streak, uh, which I think was proven correct, by the way. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, people saw it as a negative, and then it turned out that I meant like it was mostly positive. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this this stretch is going to, especially going up to the February 10th trade deadline, it, it should be, it's a pretty good cast of games coming up and should tell us a lot about the team. I think, I'm just looking at the, at the games listed right now. Um, yeah, so you know what? The trick, the tricky part is Detroit because it feels like the Raptors, uh, don't usually play their best games against Dwayne Casey. Uh, I think that the team will go, how many games? There's five games. Okay. Let me get my math straight. I think that they will go three and two. Is that what you said? Who are, who are they beating then? Is, I think that they are going to, Beat Detroit, Dallas, and Washington. Ooh, Dallas has been pretty good lately. I know they have been. That's that was gonna be my like, whoa, this'll be a great road game kind of thing. But then I realized they also have to beat Detroit, which you would think that that would be an easy not an easy game, but you would think that could be a win, but as we've mentioned. Um yeah, so I'd say three and two, great. Two and three, sort of expected. That's what I predicted. One and four, explainable, explainable, but not good. Oh and five, yeah. abject disaster. Five and oh, or four and one, you know, uh, fuck, let's uh, <laughs> fucking, <Wow. laughs> um, let's just start tra- talking about uh, trading three first rounders for pick the star, you know? Um, <laughs> that's sort of where we're at. Holly. I will talk to you next week. Listeners, uh, thank you for the questions. Thank you for listening. Uh, watch out for the tweets. I usually send them on the day of the uh, that we're recording the podcast. Uh, and we always appreciate those. Uh, and thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, Holly, be well. And uh, say hi to your man for me. I will do so. Thanks, guys. See ya.